0: Clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shure Parks and Kyle Newbeck.
2: Here they
1: come. Well, I remember doing a pod a month ago and saying, you know, and both of us were kind of saying, there's no way they were going to get the one seed. But last night when Embiid was dominating Minnesota, I started to believe a little bit, right, especially coming off the missed free throws by Grant Williams, that they could do it. And I went through, and this is how sick i am i did a game by game <laughs> game by game prediction for the remaining schedules for all the bucks the celtics and the sixers right and i went through and i did this where i had the sixers losing to the celtics and bucks just to worst case scenario so they didn't have to lose those games right the celtics remaining schedule i didn't look up like where it stands on terms of you know that like, like where it ranks strength the the schedule yeah yeah I, but I thought the remaining schedule was pretty easy. I had them as 12 and three. I didn't do the last game of the season because who knows if that'll matter. But I think they could really pull off some wins over the next 15 games. So their schedule is easier, whereas the Sixers, as we've discussed, not so much easier, right? But I think where this could really come down to, if you look at the schedule, from March 30th to April 4th, the Bucs, Celtics, and Sixers all play each other. And I think we could have a lot decided then we could have the number one seed decided. Then I think that's going to be massive for the MVP race, right? If Embiid keeps playing the way he's playing, if he does, if he keeps gaining, uh, getting momentum, if uh, Giannis keeps there, like those games could decide it. So when I look at it, do I think they're going to get the one seed? I think it's going to be really tough. You're going to need the Bucks and Celtics to lose games that they're supposed to win but if the sixers can beat the bucks and the celtics in those games it's not that far fetched and it like for for i think for a few weeks of this season and i said it on the last pod too it felt like they were locked in the 3 seed it felt like embiid was never going to win mvp it really does feel like that's changed over the last however many days it feels like the win over milwaukee really helped them the celtics collapsing i think the discussion around the mvp Uh, You know, obviously, it's been a big story. I I think that helps Embiid in some ways, too. Like, I I really feel like they have momentum going their way. It's just going to come down to can they, when they play the Bucs and Celtics in those two games, can they win those games?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, you can look at basically every type of split for the Sixers. All of them say they're very good. They're 24 and 10 at home. They're 19 and 12 on the road, which their performance on the road was always kind of a a sore subject over the last, you know, I'd say during the Ben era, it was always kind of an issue. And a lot of that was put on either Brett or doc that they couldn't win on the road. When honestly, a lot of it was, you know, the maturity stuff we talked about with Joel, that they needed him to be a a better, more engaged professional night to night. So, I, I mean, I think, that That says a lot that they're nineteen and twelve on the road, like we've talked a lot about oh they have all these road games, and it's a tough schedule, but is it a tough schedule when you're better than you know most of these teams? like look, I still think these are tough games coming up that they have on the road, but they should beat Golden State on the road, like they are just better than Golden State is right now, uh, straight up
1: they, they are, but I don't think that's a they should win that's a tough game.
2: They should beat Golden State on the road. Golden State okay. is not good. They're just not good this year. I,
1: I, I don't know, man. They're, they're like not. 50, They're not 34 they're, and 32. Right, right They're two right. games right. over 500. Right, right. But when they're you look, not good. I, think, I think they're like, and I know this isn't the best way, end all, be all. They're like fifth or something like that in finals odds. I still think they're not a team that you look right, at. Because you
2: know. people don't write them off because of Steph. But like, people yeah, well, are just saying this season and the regular season, they're not a very good team. Like They're, the Sixers are a better team. I agree with you on that. But that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah. you had That's a game you should win. If you don't beat Phoenix on the second half of the back-to-back there, that's understandable. But if you're fully healthy in that Golden State game, you should win it. They should absolutely beat Chicago in the two games they have against them at the yep, end of March. They have a home I and agree. away. They have an away game against the Pacers, an away game against Charlotte. I mean – Look at, at all these. These are all winnable yeah. games. All winnable games. So I agree. Look, I get that there are some tough back to backs. I get that they'll be on the road for long periods of time. There's going to be mental let up. And honestly, by the time they get to Milwaukee, Boston in early April, there might be incentive to tank games from one of any of those three teams to Good try point. to game the matchups. I don't think that's how the Sixers should go about it. I think they should be playing this stretch that. They should be trying to build some momentum going into the playoffs and saying, we're going to play our best basketball. We're not going to run scared of anybody, and we're going to push for as high a seed as we can. Obviously, with the caveat, don't overdo it with minutes. And you know, if if guys have need to rest for injury-related reasons, fine. But my point is, I think people have looked at it the wrong way. And I, I've, I made this point on the pod previously. I think you could just as easily say, because they're playing all these tough games and good opponents this is going to you know sharpen them for the playoff run that this is a good thing because it doesn't allow them to rest on their laurels that yeah. you know Cleveland could catch them in three like if they screwed around and they lost a bunch of games and Cleveland plays well Cleveland has had or at least one point had the easiest remaining schedule so that is part of it too like they don't have the luxury to say we're going to sit back and just let the chips fall where they may because then you end up, you're in a four or five. So you have a tougher first round. Then you're certainly on the road against whoever the number one seed ends up being. Mm-hmm. So look, I get it. The schedule's tough. They're going to lose some of these games. They're not going to finish the year on a 16 or 17 game win streak, whatever it is at this point. But I think
1: they should win at least 75% of these games. That's a, yeah. That's all I'm saying. And when I went through and did it, I can pull it up right here when I did the win loss. So our producer James put in the the thing the Warriors are 27 and 7 at home. Again, I oh, agree that that they- should be a that should be at least their eighth loss when the Sixers play <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Wow. Well, I can't wait for that game, but you are like basically guaranteeing a win here. So I had them losing, I had them splitting with Chicago. I agree that they should win both of those games, but who knows? I had them losing one to Chicago, losing to Golden State, losing to Phoenix, losing both to Milwaukee and Boston but I only had them with five losses the rest of the way. And to your point, like they do go on a stretch where they can really, they can really stack some wins up. Now, when well, you look, this
2: is the stretch right now, other than Cleveland, the next one, two, three, like seven or eight games are all they, if they went seven and one or eight, and no, to your point, I think playing Chicago back to back,
1: those
2: are always funky. Like those two games right. steer like mini series. Pretty much always favor a, a one-one split. It's just hard to beat a team twice in a row mm-hmm. in the regular season. So I I would agree they probably lose one of them. But Portland, Washington, Cleveland, Charlotte, Indiana before
1: that. Cleveland is the only game that they have any excuse to lose. Every single that's one of the rest. At of Cleveland game. on prime time. So I think that's a difficult game. But they're better than the Cavs. Like to your point about the Warriors. I think that Warriors is a tougher game than the Cavs just because. I think going across the country playing it I just think that's tougher. But they are better than the Cavs. Like they should they should win that game. But that's what I mean like and I so to tie this
2: all back to taking Joel's greatness for granted or not yeah. talking about it or I think you see that in how people discuss or think about this team. Like by and large they have taken care of business this year. I believe they said on the halftime show on TNT last night that the Sixers record when they have a lead at halftime, you would think the way people talk about blown leads with this team, that they lose all kinds of games. I think they said there's something like 26-3 and when they're leading at halftime or something like that. So this is a team that not only is capable of the big comebacks like we saw in the Milwaukee game, they put games away. I know it doesn't always look pretty. I know that sometimes you want to rip your hair out based on rotations from Doc and and – lackadaisical effort in the third quarter or whatever it is. But by and large, this team takes care of business. They win games at home. They win games on the road. They win when Joel plays well. They win when Joel has some struggles. They win when James struggles. They win when every variation of a basketball game they can play, they win. Like that's bottom line, unless they play the Celtics, obviously. Yeah. I was going to say that's the only only
1: variation of a game that came up, but you're right. I mean, it, I feel like a few things have happened with this team over the last few weeks. One, whenever Harden shoots, I expect it to go in. I've gone back to thinking whenever Maxi shoots, it's going to go in. And I always expect them to win. I always do. To your point, they win all types of games. It's like, a disappointment when they don't win because yeah, they it, should win more often than not. It Well, and it's surprising when they don't win. Again, against besides the Celtics, it is surprising when this team doesn't win. And that's why you know we were uh, debating this at the station. You know, should we really believe in the team, right? And I think sometimes a lot of the belief in the team the last few years has been supported by the rest of the conference not being that great. Like last year, Miami was not a great team that they went up against in the second round. They were a good team, but they didn't have like a star or anything like that. I think you could look at past Sixers teams and talk yourself into it without, but also acknowledging there were major flaws. This team doesn't have those flaws. Right. Like there's there's defensive lapses sometimes like there's effort issues sometimes. But in terms of just the fact of why, like everyone asks themselves, why should you believe in the Sixers? Because this is the best Sixers team we've seen in a really, really long time, in a really long time. They just they have all the components. So so when you talk about how they win all these different games, they can win it because they're just flat out more talented than almost every other team that steps on the court. I mean, Dallas, I know they lost, but I think they have a better roster than Dallas does. Like, things happen, but ultimately, what saves this team is just the immense amount of talent. I mean, I was looking at 538 uh, yesterday, and look, I know Raptor and all that is not the most popular stat, especially among Sixers fans, but it had Harden as the top five player in the NBA. And you know, we can debate that, but the fact that it's even discussed is just... I mean, they were the only team, Embiid and Harden, two of the top five players in the NBA. Needless to say, the only team in the league that has that. Like the elite talent that this team has is something we have not seen in a really long time on this on this team. So
2: I know it feels weird to use the Sacramento Kings as a reference point for and how I'm good it has been. Going. yeah. But I want people to understand something. As it stands right now, the Sacramento Kings are the number two team in the West. The Sixers in the two games they played against them game at in Philadelphia, they beat them so badly that the second half was basically not a basketball game anymore. And on the road to end a long road trip, the their longest undefeated road trip in franchise history, the Sixers sat Joel Embiid and James Harden and still beat them. The number two team in the West, like, I, I know it's it's the Kings and whatever, like all the historical baggage with them. Like people don't take them seriously as a playoff threat and all that. I mean, they've been for most of the year the single best offensive team in the league, and the Sixers made them look like a CYO team in the yeah. the home meeting, and then beat them without their two best players. So that to me is a a great example of the gap between this year's Sixers teams. And teams that we've seen in the past, like, right, there's always an excuse in the past. Oh, it's a back to back. Oh, they're missing this guy. Oh, poor shooting night for Joel. James doesn't have it. This is a tough matchup. This season, I am in the mindset of, and I think other people should be in the mindset of, maybe this is why they're miserable and I'm more, (laughs) no, this is, this is, this is good. Like, it's good to have these problems, but I go into all these games thinking they can win this game. And I go into most of them, based on who the competition is, thinking they should win this game. And that is like, I get that the the burden of expectations is that when you do lose as a team, that there's more criticism, that people are more disappointed to you in you. But I think also you look at the flip side of that and say, that's a great thing. You want that pressure. You want people thinking, this team has a chance to beat absolutely anybody. They can go into a seven-game series and say, we might have the best player in the series, and we might even have the second best player. At least the the two of the three best players. Yeah, the two series. of the
1: three best players in every series they play. In every and we've single spent, series they play.
2: We've also spent most of this podcast without really talking about Tyrese Maxi. Maxey yeah. over the last you know week, week and a half or so, is ascending back toward that place we saw him in end of last year, started this year, where. Yeah. He's been awesome. Like he's back in that that comfort zone as a uh a guy in the starting lineup. He also led a huge run to open the fourth quarter as a uh as the leader of the bench unit, which those mm-hmm. are lineups that historically hit, he has struggled to carry on his own. So you put all of it together and you say this is a real contender. Like I don't know how much more evidence people need to see. I, to your point earlier, I agree that like, if the Sixers were in the Western Conference, I would say they are the outright favorite to win the West. Like, that's how yeah. much better I think the top three teams in the East are than anybody in the West. I think their performance against the Western Conference shows that. I think the overall body of work shows that. I think the they'd be the favorite is, to
1: win the title if they were in the West because their path there would be so. They, easy. I mean,
2: that you have it'd be a fair argument to say, yeah, you know, they would have to beat. Phoenix, I think, is the the sleeping giant now with Iran, and if they they get all that together, but having to put it together at the deadline is really tough. And look, I I think the perception of this team does not match the reality locally. I think nationally, people are starting to to come onto it. But I like, for example, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast the other day. I don't listen to him all the time, but when he, <laughs>
1: when they're a big Sixers like game, to couch that. Like, we all well, grew up like,
0: loving Ben. Bill oh, Bill
1: yeah. And now I it's agree. like, it's like, well, just to be clear, I don't often listen.
0: <laughs> no,
2: I'm saying, like, I listen to him infrequently, is what I'd say. I yeah. grew up reading everything he wrote and all that, but yeah, he, he just goes way off the handle sometimes. Oh, he but he was talking about the, the Bucks game. It's like, oh, the Sixers really needed this one. And I know we called it a must win game and all that. It's like, Bro, they've beaten a lot of the best teams in the league this year. So, I, yeah, but I think we're, they, we're still treating I, every individual game as like the stakes are super high. It's like, dude they they keep beating teams. I don't know what more
1: they need to do. So, other I, than I, beat Boston again, I have to keep Boston, saying <laughs> other than beat Boston. But you know, I do think the Milwaukee game was was really big. And I think to be let's be real, like we're doing this pod, we're almost you know 45 minutes, an hour in, right outside of the debacle with my package. Pause, but like outside of like that whole thing, right? Like, we've pretty much just been gushing about this team the entire time. Like, they've, I think that's why those big wins matter. Like, that's why that game in Milwaukee matters. Because to your point, you're right. Me and you, and obviously you cover the team, but we watch every game, right? We follow this team very closely. The casual fans, and I don't mean this as an insult, like, you know, you don't watch every minute of every game, right? So ultimately, I think that's why the Milwaukee game matters because people are tuning in and out in terms of like when to believe and when to not. And that's why when they lose to Boston, right, it feels like a bigger deal because more people are watching the game. And then when they beat Milwaukee, now everyone's loving the team because everyone's watching that game and everybody sees them beat, you know, a a big opponent. So ultimately, to your point, you are right that this team... Through however many games they've played, I don't know, 65, whatever it is, 70. Like this team has shown enough to believe in them. They just flat out have. They flat out have. But I do think some of the hesitation sometimes comes from the, the really just Boston. Like, really, that's it. I think that's the only hesitation. Is that the unfortunate reality? It's like the Eagles last year. The Eagles were an amazing team. They were probably the best team in the league. Blah, 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 whatever. They ran into the chiefs. Like sometimes in sports, you just can't help it. And that's the, the big giant kind of waiting for, for the Sixers is, is the Celtics in the second round.
2: So I'm going to ask you a hypothetical. If let's say, and we're going to include the end of the season matchup too. If the Sixers had split the season series with Boston, are they viewed as like the overwhelming title favorite or even just like the outright title favorite?
1: You're saying if, 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 if instead if of they had pass- won, yeah, okay. if they
2: had won one of the games against Boston, like let's say they win the game the other night that was a coin flip game, right? And then they win this matchup at the end of the season, would they be viewed as the
1: outright favorite to win the title? Or win the East, let's say. Okay. So had they won the last two games against Boston, right? Like so to your point about splitting, if they would have beaten Boston the first two and then lost that coin flip game, which they did, and then they lose the next one then I think it's still Boston. But while I think that the whole season series matters, especially when you're 0-3 against a team, if if they can win that final Boston game and had they won that coin flip game, then you can look and go, all right, they were 2-2, two and two, but they won the last two games against them. So the most recent times these teams have played, they all have won. So yeah, I think if they would have split the season series with Boston, had they gone 2-2, two and two, I would probably be on this pod saying, I think they're going to the NBA Finals. So yeah, I I, I would agree probably. But but also, also like, like but results matter. I, I know what you're going to say, course it, of, yeah. I'm not saying yeah, yeah. that we should
2: like. I don't think they should be viewed as a, the Eastern Conference favorite. I I, I agree with you that all, you still have to win the games. Like we right. don't exist on paper or in hypotheticals and all this stuff. And again, Joel's got to do it in the playoffs. James has to do it in the playoffs. Maybe most importantly, Doc's got to do it in the playoffs with well, whatever yeah. he's got most cooking up with the, the rotations.
1: Yeah, most importantly to the fans.
2: But I, but I think that to me is that shows how much these individual games are maybe overanalyzed or over scrutinized. Last year's a, a decent example of the opposite, where they struggled against the Raptors in the regular season, and there was all this panic like, oh my God, they got to play this tough Toronto team. Right. They're smart media members I respect who are like, Picking the Raptors, I know out, it was right? insane. It was insane. And the whole the thing I said every single time is that Toronto cannot score. They cannot yeah. score, and they did not score when it mattered. And the Sixers should have swept that series. Like the fact that it ended up going six games, and that has all the knock-on effects with the injury for Joel and all that. That was terrible. But look, don't overthink it. They're very good. They might not win the title, but they're.